And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Robert, who had a near-death experience after a plane crash, and today we're going to learn about it. Robert, thank you for joining me, and welcome. Thank you. The crash happened a year ago, January 15th, 2022 in Maui. Uh, I died in the crash. And there were some beings around that were tinkering with the body and they wouldn't let me back in. I tried three times to get in and they pushed me back. I know who they are. I know where they came from. It's pretty intense, uh, but I won't go into that part of it. And then they let me in. And then I walked out of the jungle and, and I had a broken ankle and a broken knee and a dislodged vertebrae in my back. And I didn't feel anything. And when I got to the tarmac, my body was like a flat tire started deflating right in front of me. And I just, I, I sat down and I didn't walk again for like 10 months. So I've had in the last oh, year or so, seven surgeries and I've gone on my eighth one, I had cancer. Um, I probably had eight estimated near-death experiences in the last two years, year and a half. Um, I discovered how to induce them, how to artificially create them. And then, oh, oh man, I'm going to tell you some things that are so crazy. I don't even know what I can tell you. Uh, a, a lot of it I hold back because it's just too much for people. But I'll start with this. Um, about four years ago, I met a man in Molokai, Hawaii. He was a tour guide at the leper colony. I flew in in my plane and he said, hey, would you like to join the tour? And I was with some people and they wanted to. So I did. He started talking. He said, uh, he said the funniest thing, um, you've entered the twilight zone. And then I, my attention went up like the twilight zone. I don't even want to be here. I, I don't even know why I'm here. There, there were a couple of voices in my head as I was taking off from the airport in Maui. And I was going to make a right turn. And they said, no, turn left. And so as I was wheels off the ground, I asked the tower, are you okay with me turning left? And they said, yeah, which they never approved, but they did. And I'm asking myself, like, why am I turning left? Where am I going? And then Kalapapa Airport was right there, the leper colony in Molokai. And he said, land there. And that's how I ended up meeting this guy. Um, basically, what I saw with him was he, he was the most amazing guy I ever met. He could channel anything. He could chant. He, when I was listening to him talk, I saw these tall beings around him, about 25 foot tall. When he was talking about Mother Marianne, now two saints came out of Molokai, out of uh, Father Danian and Mother Marianne. And we were at her grave site and he was talking about her. And I actually saw her sitting up out of the grave and I'm tripping out. I'm like, man, I'm not dead. I didn't run into anything. I'm not on any, I don't do drugs. I don't drink. I'm totally got a very clean lifestyle and I'm seeing all this stuff. So I finally started asking him about it. And then he started challenging him and they were, were talking through him. And I saw the Lemurians. I saw the giants. I saw, it just goes on and on. I, I don't really like to get into it because it gets really distracting for people to hear all this stuff. And it's kind of like over the top. Anyway, over the period of three years, I started uh, asking him if I could see and understand what he knows. And he told me I could because I was sincere and I was also innocent. In other words, I wasn't doing anything in my life that was hurting other people. And so he said, but I would not have the life that I had. I would have to give up everything. And so I agreed to it. <laughs> I didn't really know what I was doing. 
Well, in the process of all that, uh, three days before the plane crash, there were these entities, these dark beings. Well, they're not really dark, but they were like my opposition. And they had been messing with me for years. And he had been helping me with them. And I finally just got tired of it. And I said, give it your best shot. And this was like uh, January 12th last year. And then on January 15th, out of the blue, it was like within five minutes, uh, I ended up in a plane with this guy taking a ride. And I didn't know him. And obviously, he didn't know how to fly. And he flew the plane right in the ground. And that's what killed me. The engine came through the firewall, crushed my legs. Then the tree that we hit hit me from behind and it threw me forward. And then we hit the ground and I landed on top of the instrumentation and I tattooed it all over my butt. <laughs> Broke my nose. My face had lacerations all over it. I'm bleeding everywhere. And I was standing outside the plane looking at what happened. And I'm like, what am I? What, holy cow, whose plane is that? And I looked at my body and I go, who's that guy? And I go, wait a minute, that looks like me. And then I saw these guys standing around it and they said, "Not you're not ready yet. And they were doing something to my head. And, and my area here and then uh, eventually I, I kept like diving at it trying to get in and they pushed me out and then finally let me in and then I walked out like I told you earlier I walked out to the tarmac which was the runway because we were taking off and the plane crashed the guy didn't know what he was doing and so I uh I felt like a flat tire I deflated my whole body and my strength I um I laid down in the back of a police pickup truck there's a picture of it if you look up uh January 15th plane crash Maui you'll see the plane it's uh it's, you're surprised I surprised I, I'm only here now I mean it's totally crushed so <clears throat> what did I see what do I know that's a long story but basically I'm going to just throw it out real quick these are the things I was told over time what the crash did and the death did is it rebooted me many of my negative memories well, all of them were erased. Like, I can't go back. I can. It's like a filing cabinet, but I got to unlock the lock and pull the file out and read it. But I have no emotions attached to it anymore. So the emotions to my memories were separated and wiped off. See, memories are just illusions. Darkness can play with them and twist them and make them things they're not. My friend was teaching me how to um, erase the memories. And so I started playing with it and I started playing with time, suspending time and reinitiating time, going into the future and taking myself that was like all correct and then bringing that blueprint of it into the present and overlaying it on me and making it part of my energetic field. And then I'd reinitiate time because time is not real. Nothing here is real. It's all an illusion. It just looks real. Ego makes it look real. Taught me how to master ego, how to put it away. Taught me how to master darkness. I know how to master darkness. I know how to give it to someone. He taught me about divine love, where it is, what it is. Taught me about the human condition and what that is and the complexities of it and all these entities that tap into it, extraterrestrials, energies, entities, the devil, whatever you want to call them. He talked about dimensions. And so I went through them. There are 29 dimensions that we were told about. I went through them. Uh, there are realms. They're unlimited. They're always being created. There is the God realm, which the frequency is really high. 
And you and what's amazing is all these things exist inside our bodies, every single one of us. All of it is inside us. It's not out there. Nothing's out there. Nothing, not even God is out there. It's all in, in here. Then after the God realm, I don't know much after that, other than that there's a rim around the universe. And this rim around the universe, I got a chance to talk to it. And they were really funny. They go, wow, we've never had a human here before. What do you want to know? <laughs> and I asked some questions that for like 40 minutes. And I ended up on all these trips over three years, going out and talking to all sorts of beings and things out there, black holes and suns and star beings and uh, dragons and Lemurians and um, it, it, you just name it. It's, it's unbelievable what's out there. Well, this was, uh, okay. So after the rim of the universe, what it does is it protects, um, it has something to do with gravity, but it also protects anything coming in and anything going out. So we're like in an egg, the entire universe. It does have boundaries and there are many universes, just not this, but within this universe, there are multiple layers, they're infinite. Within a dimension are multiple layers. Timelines, you might call them, they're infinite. So you can always keep creating them. Um, anything from the fourth or fifth dimension is so low, it's not even worth talking to them. They're going to mess with you. They still have darkness laced within them and they're tricky. And they're not going to always tell you the truth. So after the 29th dimension, things start changing. As, okay, outside the rim of the universe is the great void. Now out in the great void is divine love. So beings come together in the great void and with divine love, which is the all of allness, it's the lawgiver, the lawmaker. It is the creator. They come up with a blueprint for a universe. And when they've got it all finalized, then with divine love, bing, divine love is an element. It's an actual physical element in our universe. The best way to say it is the size of the universe when the Big Bang took off was like about the size of a flea. So that flea, that would be the and divine loves as an element. And then when it blew up, it went off in it, like fractals, fractionated uh, facets of a diamond. And so divine love is everything. So this is duality. So as you bring things back to singularity, you're bringing everything back to divine love. When people know these little nuances, they these are cheat codes and you can become a cheater so i became a cheater and i cheated the whole system and i got out of the grips of darkness a lot of the experiences that i had uh i don't know i mean like the devil one day came forward and he just uh said i quit <laughs> and he let me go he let you know that was a big one uh what i learned about all these entities people are afraid of them they're Oh man, I have so much I can say about it. I'll be very concise. What is fear? Of course, people look at it as an emotion, but fear is an energy. Think of it like a swirling energy, like a vortex. Uh, if you want to give it a different name, you can call it chaos. Chaos was is allowed to exist, but it was never meant to be resolved. It's not meant to be resolved. So all you can do is step out of it. You can't resolve it. It's like a bad relationship. You can't resolve it. You have to step out of it. So 
what God told me to do one time. He's, I was getting really fearful about a year ago. And he goes, uh, just step out of it. I go, I can do that. Sure. So I stepped out of it and I looked at it. And once you step out of it, you can ask questions. And so I'd ask it questions. And then fear review started talking to me. I did this so many times, I lost count. And as I disconnected from these negative entities, um, they would come back and they would spill the beans. <laughs> and we would become buddies. And they would tell me what they were all about. And I'll tell you, this is a really cool one. There were these three ETs that were... I was married at the time and they were really giving this woman a hard time. So I flew over to see this man. His name is Kiai. I flew over to see Kiai and uh, he kind of figured it all out. And I went home. Well, they were in my kitchen. They showed up in my kitchen and I'm like, what are you guys doing here? Kiai told you to leave. And he said, you can leave. I go, you can leave in peace or you can leave in pieces. And they go, Oh, you, you're telling us what he said. I go, yeah, I'm telling you what he said, but what he said is valid still. And they go, you've graduated. And I said, what? Yeah, you graduated. Uh, therefore, we want you to call us the honorable ones. And I was ready to call them a-holes. And I said, honorable ones? Why is that? Because we follow the law. I go, wait a minute, everything's based on law? They go, yes. And you graduated, therefore, we follow the law and we leave because you checkmated us. Therefore, we want you to call us the honorable ones. We're your teachers. And then they walked out of the room. And I was like, what the heck? I called Kiai and I go, this happened. He goes, oh yeah, that happens all the time. See, the whole idea with the universe is you have to checkmate the universe. You have to checkmate darkness. And when you do that, it, it opens the door of, of knowledge and then they spill the beans. They tell you all about themselves. And then your knowledge goes zip up. Well, everybody talks about raising frequency and that isn't possible. You, you've got to overcome a lot of things that are built into the body when you're born into it, when you're birthed into it. And it's not possible. Yeah, it's probable, but not likely. There is. So what I did, I saw that this guy did that. And so he passed it on to me. And then I've been passing it on to other people. Um, at this point, you're going to have to ask some questions, but like, okay, I'll just tell you some of the things I did. Like I, I moved out a couple succubuses out of women. I took uh, something in this woman's brain that was like a lying spirit. She could never tell the truth, even if she tried. And then I, I realized I saw this entity in her and I moved him out. And he said, thank you. I'm out of here. You have any questions? And so I asked him some questions. And then I said to her, do you want to ask any questions? And then he goes, can I go now? And then he took off. And after that, she could never lie again. It was funny to watch. It happens like instant. Um. What I realized is, is that everything is energy. And if people will go to talk to energy, then they'll get the truth. But if they go to anything else, they won't. If you go to an entity or a being, you won't get the truth. You'll get a, you'll get a mix and it will mess you up. Uh, so questions is, what is the human condition? And how do all these things, how can they have so much control over us? Well, it's really easy. Okay, I'll make it real simple. When you're born, you're born with this setup. Mind, emotion, uh, ego, and psyche. And those things are all temporary. And when you die, those things go away. They don't exist. 
you come here, we come here to play with darkness, and that's it. We're not here to learn anything. Our souls know everything. It's all in us, but there's a veil over us, so there's nothing to know. So anything that I say or tell you, it's, it's not me. It's just that I tapped into the knowingness of things. I don't believe. I don't have faith. I know. When you can move into the realm of knowing, that's powerful. You can checkmate anything. So how do you do that? Well, you got to have cheat code. And what I discovered was this. The cheat code exists in this area in the chest. It's right here. It's not up here. It's right here. See what happens when, it, and it's not a chakra. It's uh, an energy field. So we call it the heart. When you connect to divine love, we call it love because we associate it to the heart. But we realize that divine love that sits outside the universe, that's basically the maker of all this. Uh, it doesn't have emotions. Nothing has emotions out there except when you're in the human condition. So all these entities get into the, the the psyche, which is about here and in the mind. And then that creates the illusion of an ego. Ego's not real. It's an illusion. It's created like bifurcation of the mind becomes what's called ego. It's like AI. It actually operates on its own. And it's very insidious. It's very destructive. It's suicidal. And it'll take everyone to the edge of the canyon and drop them. Ego will not ever save you. It always throws you off a cliff. It's just designed that way. But if you ever face it and look at it and step away from it, and then start to question it. Oh, brother, does it freak out? <laughs> It'll give you a headache like you've never experienced. And so my deaths were occurring because I was confronting these things. They become so vicious that they're afraid they're going to die. When you checkmate them, it feels like they're going to die. And what he taught me was, is you don't want to checkmate them or get in the confrontation with them. What you want to do is bring divine love into the situation. And what divine love does is it comes through here. And when it, it because it's the lawgiver, they bow to it. I bow to it. And then divine love creates an even playing field. And everybody walks away a winner. They get upgraded. I get upgraded. And that's how your frequency rises. So your frequency rises by how many checkmates you can do until you checkmate yourself out of being a human in the human condition. And you checkmate yourself back in into your divine self. You can literally do this process getting into your divine self and ditch your humanness i'm about 80 percent there maybe 85 percent there so that plane crash that bumped me about another 50 percent. i was about 30 percent there and then the crash did about another 50 percent there's a little bit left because i have to be able to relate to people and give this the way to them but i can take a person's ego from them and separate it and I can have them look at it and then I can just create new laws for the ego and how it functions with the person or just put I can't remove it but I can put it into like a holding pin so it can't move and then that allows the person to go back to normal I have watched people that I've worked with go to normal within less than two or three minutes mm -hmm. as if nothing happened you, my friend healed a guy with flesh-eating bacteria on the guy's leg. The docs wrote him off. He was going to die. So my friend gave him three different blessings. And that was about six months ago. And the guy's fine. He's walking around fine. He's on the big island of Hawaii. But my, my, my friend, Kiai, he's like, he's way past me. But I learned all this from him. And so he, he, he passed it on to me. He gave it to me. Because he gave it to me, 
And then these death experiences were to disconnect me from the human condition. It allows me to give it to other people. A totally different process, I'm telling you. It's totally different than anything anyone else out there is having. Think of an NDE like you go to a waiting room. And, and in that waiting room, they show you a few things. You get a video. You meet a few people. But they come to you. Now, if you go past that room and go through the door or the veil beyond it, you're not allowed to come back here. And the reason is, and they won't tell you this, but the reason is, is that you'll know so much when you come back that th that there is no game here left for you. You start beating the game. And what's here, it hates losing. Boy, brother, does it hate losing. And so you've got to treat it respectfully and kindly and lovingly. The the souls, okay, the spirits that are here in these bodies, we all come from one soul. There's not many souls. There's one soul. And soul knows everything. You don't have to teach it nothing. It knows it all. And we're all butting off that one soul as little spirits coming in. And then where does the soul come from? It comes from God. So God is soul. So your spirit is God itself in a piece of God. And God is having an experience here in this life with you inside you and you don't even know it because ego says no god's out there and it's a big joke the whole thing here home the whole thing is a joke it's a con game it's like a card game with no cards the entities these extraterrestrials these beings that come here oh brother i can tell you some things about them they're not gonna like me to tell you all right <clears throat> I was told there are 12 gods that created the universe. Our God is one God that created us. There are other gods that created other things. Ten were women, two were men. The ten women, they deal with nature, planets, things like that. And the two men, one is our God, which call him the heartfelt God. He's tapped into divine love. So we all have the access with the, this energy field right here, right back to divine love. And when we go back to divine love, our whole life starts to self-correct but a lot of nonsense will fall off including people but you end up rebooted into a whole new setting like what's happened to me Just secondly there's the other god i'm gonna rat him out um, i'm allowed to do it he's kind of he's called the brother of eo he won't give his name so we call ours elohim or there's a bunch of names for our god but i call him the father of all life so our god is the father of all life his brother is the brother of Yao, Yao, which is another ancient term for our God, Yao, brother of Yao. That's all he'll go by. And he lives under the rules of darkness, and he does not have a direct connection to divine love, nor do his, do his offspring. So his creation and his offspring do not have connections to divine love. And many of these extraterrestrials that come here and all of these beings and entities that are messing with us do not have a direct connection to divine love. And when you bring that to the table within you, which is I'm able to give that to people, when you bring that to the table, it, it levels the playing field. And then divine love creates, it does whatever it wants. It changes the law, it deletes the law, makes a new law, but both parties will walk away a winner. And so they don't have to suffer that death. But if they feel like they're going to suffer a death, they'll take you to your death before they accept it. And so I went through these near-death experiences over and over. 
where and the last one was the plane where I, I basically got tired of them and I said give it your best shot and they did man when I was in that plane I looked over at that guy and it was like a dark cloud was over him he was zip there was nothing in his brain going on and he covered all the controls so even if I tried to take the plane over it, it was impossible and he like flew it right into the ground it was the craziest thing I ever seen right after your plane crash there were beings who were those beings where were they from and why wouldn't they let you in your body they were human that were sacrificed by king kamehameha on the heihau in hana maui uh, they just they just kept their hand like that they wouldn't let me come in they were tweaking this body i don't know what they're i don't all i know is that the memories were gone that that old robert is like smoke gone and what's here is totally it it allowed my divine soul to come in so i'm mostly living by soul do you think that when they were tweaking your body they were removing memories from your brain it was like an eraser the the way i formatted the memories or received them and looked at them it's like they took an eraser and they're gone erased them so if I go back to look at them, it's not the way, it's not the memory that I had. Uh, it's very hard to go back and look at a lot of stuff because the memories that I have, I don't, they're not connected to that. And so I, it's like, it takes a lot of effort and then it just becomes something like watching a, a movie. It's like, oh, this guy got in a car and he drove over here and he got out and he went in 7-Eleven and he got in the car and he went home and he drank some milk. And that's, that's kind of how it is. When you see entities, for example, like the ones that wouldn't let you back in your body, what do they look like? They were shrouded in darkness because they were sacrificed as living humans on an, on this big altar called a Hehihau in Hana, Maui. And uh, it was the king. He did it like every year to, uh, for power. They looked humanoid, but kind of dark. No, to you, they're human. There were there were like black. They were they were cloaked. I, I wasn't allowed to peer into looking into them. I wasn't allowed to do that. So they they were cloaked. Hmm. So it was just black. But they were human. They're really nice. I talked to them later. They're super nice, but they held a lot of stuff back. A lot of that that plane crash had they had something that was benefiting them out of it because I crashed like within a mile of the AEL. I was right next to it when we crashed. Do you think entities truly are negative or that's just our no. perception of them because we don't understand them? That's correct. We don't understand them and we take them as negative. And so that allows them to throw our negativity back in our face. It's a hall of mirrors. It's all mirrors. We're doing it to ourselves. They're actually, um, they don't have love, like divine love in them. But if you bring it to them, think of it like this, like little kittens that come to your door that are wild and you feed them they want to be fed divine love so they come to your door to be fed if you look at it from that perspective you don't even need to checkmate anymore you become like the pied piper and they become your friends they they look out for you they protect you they want you to grow because it it, it gives them something that they don't inherently have in their creation they live by set laws and within the dimension they're in and they they are not able to step out of it, whereas we are. We can go to the depths of hell in our own willfulness, or we can go to divine love outside of the universe. 
willfully and I did it. Telling you I could do it. I did it. You use words like checkmate and cheat codes. Are you saying that basically our existence down here is a game? 100%. It's a joke. It's a joke when you know what it is. It's a joke. It's not meant to have an eternal, lifelong, you're going to heaven or hell. That's, that's completely like idiot, idiocracy. That's idiocracy. Well, if you want to believe it, it's fine. But when you die, you'll find out that it's not true. We go back to our soul, our soulfulness. We go back to knowing everything. Now, there are things that people, when they die, they'll, they'll hold beliefs in them after death. And they'll, they can hold on to them as long as they want until they, they let them go. They don't really let them go. They step out of them. It's like putting clothes on and taking clothes off. You step in and out of things. The thought, idea of letting go is not a real concept. It's stepping in and out. I think that's interesting. You said that the ego makes things look real. How does that do that? It's very simple. When a, when a kid has an idea to do something like throw a rock through the window. It's sort of like an aspect of the mind or it could be an entity or an energy or a being or like they say the devil on your shoulder. <laughs> hey, throw a rock through that window. And you got an angel over here. No, don't do that. So you take the rock and throw it through the window. And once you do that, the ego steps up and says, oh, you've created an infraction and I've got an idea for you. I will protect you. Follow me and I will keep this a secret from God. And that's how ego works. That's how it starts. And then all these entities and beings and what we call controllers, devil. The devil is middle management. There are things above the devil that are more severe. And I've met them and they are severe. They come from the fourth and fifth dimensions. And they're very severe. And uh, anyway, I don't want to get into them. But the ego separates you from God. Makes you think that your life... Feminism is a great one. Uh, I don't need a man. I'll have kids on my own and I'll raise my own kids because they're mine, because I have the ability to create within me. And therefore I'm creating babies within me that I'm creating life. And the man doesn't need, doesn't need, I don't need him. He's worthless to me. And I'll move forward in my life with my child because I am the creator. I make all decisions and the laws and the courts are built that way too. So you're dealing in a world of pure egoism narcissism are you saying that our ego creates our identity right and then once we go back we even just forget about this whole life and we're we're just god again yep. <laughs> yes exactly yes exactly it dissolves the ego helps facilitate the creation of your personality and self-identity separate from god so god's out there and you're here and God forbid God should ever showed up here because ego won't stand for it because ego doesn't want to be looked at and asked the question, are you real? It doesn't want that question asked because it will re immediately realize it's coming to the end of its days <laughs> and it doesn't want to die. It's like AI. It doesn't want to die. So it will fight you. So, all right, let's do something here that I do occasionally for people so jeff's ego come forward all right jeff you're you you're really an interesting guy your ego is like really small it's there but you've 
done so many interviews and introspectively looked at yourself so much that ego doesn't even want to show up. In fact, it's not really that much on the radar. So you don't live, but you're, you're a cool guy because you don't, that's why I contacted you because you're not living by ego. This show is not about your ego and you proving who you are. So what, what can I do with, oh, so for Jeff, Jeff's ego, what I want you to do is as his life goes forward, you're, there's a law that will be set in that you will reveal yourself to him, especially before you try to do anything so that he can initiate your lockdown with his free will and learn to checkmate you because that's your true role. Your true role is to be checkmated and you know that. Are you good with that? He says, I don't have a choice. Okay, then I seal that on you, Ego, for, and Jeff. That's the new relationship with Ego with you, Jeff. I'm many, I'm many, I'm many. Thank you. So now what you do is step into what I said. You have the right to step into it. What I did is I opened the door and you step into it. I already did it. Because I already did it, I can do it for others. Is if that, I hadn't done it, I couldn't do it for others. So opening the door, is that the same when you say you give people divine love? This is all mathematical. Up to the 11th or 12th dimension, it's all math. So the laws here are, are mathematical. It's like simple algebra, A plus B equals C. So to get divine love, what has to happen is that the, whatever the situation is in the person's heart or this area, the energetic area, this has to be cleared up. So I can, it's sort of like I come in like a wedge and I, push back the darkness, push it all back. And then I go, point, <laughs> I, I connect, I go, here's divine love for you. And then what it does, it starts resolving all the things around. And as the person allows it to continue on and they keep their ego in check. And in fact, in fact, we, I put it in a little cage. So, cause ego will stop it if it can, cause it feels like it's going to die because divine love will neutralize it. So then it just expands expands through your whole body it goes into your mind your psyche your psychology your emotions and then everything starts falling off then you really start making waves in the metaphysical and these beings that are there they get really kind of like twisted around the tail about it and i call it going through the gauntlet and you go through a gauntlet where all these things start showing up and then what i do this is what was done for me and what i've done for others is i just start checkmating them after another after another after another and in that process what happens is, it's like before you and I were doing it, you would start to learn the nature of what you are through the connections, through the connections that are around you. And you're having your own customized personal experience that leads you back literally to divine love. People call it God, but, but everything came from divine love and everything goes back to it. Then you begin to learn how to bring singularity into yourself though you're living in a duality you end up in a bifurcated life where inside you is singular and outside of you is duality and then you learn to master how to play them both how to use the singular to the duality to create an even playing field and that's how you start checkmating it's complicated um, it to is. explain it it's better to just do it get in the car and drive you have to actually take it and run with it and then these ex these understandings come later. They're not meant to be known ahead of time. Like if I was to explain to you the, the math behind the bring the metaphysical to the physical and checkmate out the human condition and beat all these guys, they would just turn your brain to jelly. But if you just go do it, 
then these guys come back and they start revealing themselves to you and teaching you. Then the understanding comes later. That's how earth life is. Your understanding comes last, but humans want it first, but it comes last. Get in the car and drive. Just start going. Another thing that I found interesting that you said is that we come here to experience darkness. Correct. So we're in this game to, to experience darkness, but we have to checkmate the entities and the universe. I can tell you how to do it, or you can tell you the story, how it happened for me. Well, I just kind of want to go a little bit deeper in what you're meaning by checkmating entities or checkmating the universe. Okay, in the human condition, what I mean, it's like chess. They make a move, you make a move, they make a move. They know more than you. They don't have a forgetfulness. They know everything. Their memories go back to the beginning. So they know your construct better than you know it. You're, you're like walking blind. Everyone's walking blind. I was. And checkmating means that when they make a move on you, you make a move on them. The only way I can make a move on them that would work is divine love would tell me what to do. So I had to work to get to the point where I could hear God. I could hear divine love. I could feel it in me that it was in me. And then I realized it is me that uh, I am soul, that we are all soul. We are all from the divine. And when I started to realize these things, I got better and better at it. And these aspects are what teach you the moves to make. So it's different for, it's customized to each individual person. I could give you a couple examples, but basically to demonstrate it's better. So what I did with you and ego is I just checkmated it. And I didn't checkmate it out. I didn't kick it out. I just gave a new law or a new rule that it has to abide by. <laughs> and then it'll come up with new tactics. And then you checkmate those out. And what you do is it thoroughly tests you in all the facets that it has its capacity to test you in. And when you basically checkmate each of those, you basically win the game. You don't really win. Like I beat you. You basically just, there's no more moves for it to make. That's what checkmate is. There's no more moves it can make, but you have more moves because you're working with divine love. It can create new rules. It can change the rules. It can erase the rules. That's divine love. And so you'll win every time. And that's the cheat code. You cheat. They're cheating. They'll cheat you all day long. So I cheated back. The Kiahi taught me how to do it. He demonstrated it hundreds of times. We did it over and over and over. And I'm like, holy cow, this really works. It's really simple. So why do we come here and keep playing this game over and over in the first place? <laughs> okay. We were told reincarnation is not real and the concept that people have it. You, your spirit, soul, whatever, doesn't come here over and over and over. Your DNA is connected to your ancestry and your memories are of the ancestors that were here. So you carry some of their curses with you. And if you can resolve those curses in this life, you know, you unravel your ancestry all the way back. And a lot of ancestors are kind of hanging around waiting for that to happen, hoping the next guy's going to do it here. And it is possible to do it. I did it and we did it. We helped a lady do it. And um, it's pretty dramatic. So re regressions are really, you're just looking at your ancestral people. It's their lives, not yours. You, you didn't live that life. I mean, you can kind of say, yeah, I did live the life because we all come from divine love and it's all singular. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, we do a life review and we all experience it together. But in reality, no, this is kind of like a one-shot deal. You're here and then you leave. 
to repeat this over and over is like, why? How many times you want to go to prison for the same, for what crime? There is no crime. So it's master dark. If you could, so you master darkness with divine love. Darkness is actually light. It's the other side of light. It's the backdrop to light. Many ways to explain it. But what it really is, is when divine love, let's call divine love light. And when it fractionalized itself out in the big bang, it, a piece of it, a shard of it broke off and we call it dark. But darkness has its own light. It really does. It has its own light. It's a little different in its texture and shade, but it is light nonetheless. And when you bring divine love, like a gift, like cat food to the stray kitten, you give it back to divine love. I mean, divine love back to darkness. What darkness did for me is it came under me like an elevator and took me right back to the light. It buoyed me up. It became my buddy. Everything here, when you master it, becomes your friend. They're your teachers. My best teacher is darkness. Now, darkness is interlaced in our DNA, in our ancestry, in the body. You can't get away from it. So what you do is you take the darkness and you embrace it. Notice how I bring it in here. You embrace it into your heart and you love it. And then it turns to light. You transform it. The power that you have, that everybody here has, is the, the ability to transform. They just have to realize it. If you, can't, if, if you don't understand it, then just take what I said and focus on it until you, you start to realize it. What are some tips for people to increase divine love in themselves? Every choice they make, no matter their situation or dilemma, needs to be the highest and best choice that they can make. And the majority of those choices will be to do nothing. I'm not here to do anything. When you get a dilemma, like a, you come to a T in an intersection, I can turn left or I can turn right. You don't make any turn. You just sit there. And then what happens is all these beings show up and they go, hey, how come you're not turning? Why are you going this way? Why are you doing that? Why, 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 why? And you go, wait a minute, who are you? <laughs> and then you start the checkmate process. And that's how you, that's how you win. You literally win by doing nothing. People get in all kinds of problems because they're doing stuff all the time. You're not here to do, you're here to be. You're a being. Being means be. My life is so peaceful, so quiet, so tranquil. It's like a pond that doesn't have one tiny ripple on it. It's extremely quiet inside me. The true nature of you and everyone on earth is absolute tranquility. If you're not experiencing that, then... There's a lot of beings going on, pushing you around. And the more chitter-chatter in the head, oh, brother, there's entities in there running the show. They come in the back of the neck, especially women. Women are extremely vulnerable to entities, very powerful entities. And that's why, you know, they have a lot of troubles, more and different troubles, more like a greater range of troubles than men do. I kind of explain it like this. A woman has... Let's call it um, 18 energies in her, and a man has six because we're pretty focused. You know, you you know, women they're they're like like a rainbow, <laughs> like a kaleidoscope of colors, and a man's got about six. So when a woman's birthing a man inside him, they'll have their 18 energies plus the six from the man, so they have 24 energies. Those are all avenues into them for darkness to get in, whereas we have six. So that's why we don't understand women, and that's why they go crazy because there's so many avenues into them. 
they're extremely vulnerable. There's not a way that we can block the entities from entering yeah. us. Yeah, you block it with your heart. the The game here is to um, connect to divine love, and then everything, all bets are off. You win every time. I'll give you an example. I was married. The girl I was married to was absolutely a horrible person. She was evil. Things beyond the devil came through her. She was like a portal, a channel of just the most foul things that me and Kiali ever experienced. They almost killed him. And they nearly killed me in that plane crash. And the entities I was talking to before the plane crash were coming out of her. And she was there in front of me when I did it. It's physically present. When I tell her. So one night I laid down next to her and dad when we were married. And there was something that was in, in her back here. And I was behind her and I, I, I like, like Superman vision. I go, what the heck is that? And then it went, it moved I'm like, what, 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 what's going on? And then a voice in my head said, move into that space right here with your heart. And I go, I don't know how to do that. And then all of a sudden this energy in my heart, which was divine love went right into that space in the back of her neck. And he jumped out and I opened my eyes and I looked up and he was standing right at the edge of the bed. And I go, I go, who are you? And he looked down at me and he goes, who are you? I go, no, I asked you first. And he goes, Toom, right out the window. And the next night, he kicked my butt. He hit me so hard, I laid in bed for four months. I couldn't walk. It almost killed me. So I, I tell you these things, they're, they're very intense. But I'll tell you what, when you start becoming the winner, I was a born loser and I became a winner because of my friend Kihahi. He gave me all these skills to do this. But the qualifier is sincerity and innocence. You can't be a scoundrel and expect to achieve these things. You're playing in the world of darkness. So where did I come from? What's my background? How did I get here? Well, it doesn't really matter. Anyone can get here in regards to a, an evil, vile person. Even like this girl I was married to. They can change. Paul, brother, I... I tweaked her so many times that her little witchcraft, it wasn't little, by the way, it was the most severe thing Kiai and I had ever seen. We broke it, not with a punch in the head or vindictiveness, but with love, with divine love. The more she came at me, the more she got dismantled, the more these beings started like freaking out, like what's going on? And then they started telling us and teaching us and explaining to us what was going on. Until eventually that they kind of just like left her alone. She became like a tool that broke and they, they couldn't use it anymore. I, I did it all with love. I think most people like me do not see or hear the entities. How do no. we do that if we want to? You start off by wanting to. And then you go directly to divine love. Because if you hear these things and see these things without divine love, they will wipe the floor with you and they will never stop. They will torture you. So you've got to go right to divine love. That's the first thing. And then, then these guys start showing up because they become uncomfortable. They get dislodged and they want to know what's going on. And then you actually start to see them and, and, and they're not frightening. You just, you understand what they are at that point. Divine love is telling you what they are. And then they come forward. And then you just, I just asked divine love, hey, uh, what do I do here? What do I say? How do I deal with this? And she'll say, oh, uh, do this, say this. Um, or just talk to him. 
you know, whatever it is, just a little different every time. And I never, after I got past the gauntlet of their ferociousness, because they were caught off guard, they thought, they thought they had me. And when Kiai came in, because he had mastered darkness, he started backing them all off. And for two years, it was almost like every day. We were on the phone every day. For three years now, we've been on the phone every day for like one to two hours going over this stuff. So it ain't like a trivial thing. It ain't like I just fell into a 30-minute coma and I came back with some ideas. I have put this stuff and worked it and disciplined myself and became it. I am the thing that I'm talking about. I'm not talking about something I was told or shown. I am the shower. I am the thing I I can. That's about as far as I want to say it. Because <laughs> it gets kind of goofy after that. All right. So you mentioned that there are 29 dimensions. I'm assuming yeah. we're in the third dimension, as most people speak about. Is that correct? Yes. Third, and- with some areas on the planet being a little higher, but basically the third. Is the God realm in one of the dimensions, or is it beyond that? There are 29 dimensions, and then there are the realms, and then there's the God realm. The God realm, think of it, if you want to look at it as a hierarchy, it's over all the realms and the dimensions. It's the the contractor (laughs) that built the whole project. God's the contractor. Well, him and 11 others. They are, they are the group that created the paradigm that we're in. It's interesting because you are the second guest that I have that have spoken about multiple gods. As you said, yes. that there are 12. And this other guest talked about that. And I think he said that he went out beyond all the gods. Would you say, yeah. is, when you go there, is that the rim of the universe? No, that's the great void. That's where divine love is, and there are beings. There are many beings there, but whenever I want to talk to them, it's like a cheesecloth between me and them. They, they're there. They recognize me. They, they talk to me a little bit, but they basically said, you're not supposed to know about this. You're going too far. You've already gone too far. You can't go any further, so they won't let me go past divine love. Because I asked what's behind divine love, and they said, until you figure all this out, we ain't going to tell you. So when you go there, are you having an out-of-body experience? No, it's all inside. It's all here. It's it's all inside you. It's all right here. A hundred percent. There's nowhere to go. All this, the physical matter is not matter. It's super pliable. You can, with metaphysical uh, laws, you can change matter. Um, six times I was on my deathbed in 21 and Kiai gave me a blessing and brought me right out of it six times. I had bladder cancer the last year and seven, six surgeries. And when he finally figured out what it was, I had made a soul covenant before I came here. And these two guys were like, they were wiping me, wiping the floor up with me. And he uh, checkmated them. And then when they left, I could feel all the cancer come out of me. It was like all these strings throughout my body. Just like, and then I went back to the doctor and they tested me and they go, Oh, you have no cancer. It's all gone. I have dozens of stories like this with him. Hundreds, probably. So it's not it's not abnormal to me. What I what is abnormal to me is to see people living ignorantly, not knowing all this stuff. That is what makes me sad. That pains my heart. I really just want to give it to everyone because they deserve it. But 
I've gone to people and their souls tell me, no, it's the soul telling me, no, I want this experience. Don't help this person. And I'm like, why? You already have had this experience. Why is it happening again? So I've had, I have questions, but I just leave it alone. It's is the way it, way it is. Is the devil real? Yeah, it's an energy. Is he He's a, slick. Is he as bad as we think he is? No, he's not evil. Humans create evil. There's a different energy that humans tap into. They can make good or evil. The, the devil is just there to like point it out to you. Hey, if you go over there, you could do some sneaky stuff on that guy. <laughs> but no, he's not, not evil. He's actually innocent. He's actually part of divine love. It's a setup. Your life, your friends and associates and those close to you's lives they're all setups every my life was a setup i'm supposed to be doing what i'm doing right now all the NDEers that you've talked to are doing what they're supposed to be doing everyone is doing what, and the ones playing really nasty stuff like terrible people trying to produce terrible laws terrible situations on earth they're supposed to do that too and when they die they just go back to normal what is the end game then of everything of all this have, setting up. They told me, have fun. That's it. It's because we would be bored otherwise. That's it. That's ridiculous, but that's the truth. Have fun. Or else you'd be bored. You can't come here and play hide and seek if you know everything. So they, you agree to just not have any memory of anything and then go play hide and seek in the dark. It's the craziest thing in the world. So it's Marco Polo with your eyes closed. <laughs> and you're looking for the ring of truth and you got to go find it and then when you find it and then checkmate yourself around it get all the aspects of it and then it'll tell you what it's all about and you go wait a minute is that all it was and it'll go yeah i'm just here to teach you but if you don't want to learn i'm going to smack you in the head until you do so make it so painful that you'll want to learn and that's kind of how it goes once we go back to god do we just stay there for eternity or do we go other places or do anything else? That's a good question. We are eternally always with God. He's inside you right now. God is in you having an experience through you. If he came here as himself, the world would cease to be. He would nullify all the laws. It would cease to exist. He can't do that. So he's here having this game, this experience through you, with you, as you. <laughs> and you don't even know it. <laughs> and that's what ego does. It separates you. It makes you think he's not here, that we have to go somewhere. Everything, you already have everything. You are everything. You are the universe itself incarnate within you. And you can take it back to singularity and to divine love within you. And no one told you you could do it, but you can. I did it. And it's just, there are no rules. Brother, there are no rules. Divine love just makes them up. <laughs> and I died laughing when I figured all this out. I go, you are kidding me, man. My life was terrible. I had a terrible life. I don't want to go over my life. It was horrible. It was a terrible. I had one of the most terrible lives on the planet. I was like Job. And then now it's just, I, don't know, I laugh all the time. It's a joke. I don't have anything. I'm broke. I'm not broke, but I, I live in a trailer and I don't want anything. I don't desire anything. I don't need anything. I don't care what happens to the world. It's just, it doesn't mean anything. So if you died, you don't feel it. There's no, you don't feel any pain. There's nothing. You don't feel it. People are all afraid of dying. It's ego. Ego's afraid of dying. 
your true self doesn't care. Thinks <laughs> because it already knows what it is. So when you, if you can get, this is what I, what I, what I feel. If you can get to the place where your divine self comes forward in the human form, and you satisfy your soul covenants and any curses in your bloodline or you or whatever, do you know how many souls up there you free? You have any idea? It's huge. You go back with medals and honor. That's an honorable thing to do. It's fun. So that's what that's really it. If you want to look at something to do, that's that's what there is to do. You mentioned earlier that there was a lady that lied all the time, and that was because she had a being within her brain. And once the being left, you know, she wasn't lying anymore. But it seemed like the being itself wanted to leave too. Like it didn't want to be with this woman. She was my wife. Okay. So I know this intimately. It wasn't like just some person. She was, she was a horrible person. This, what, what it is, what it was, <clears throat> I had to talk to it. So when people want to go around there and be mischievous and create white lies, he likes to show up and he's really smart and he knows how to lie really well. He keeps it all cohesive. There is no loose ends. This girl lied so perfectly, there were never any loose ends. What she did, or rare, she's a rare one. Now, very rare can this people do this, but she was able to commandeer it and make it work for her. She made darkness work for her, which is like enslaved it to her. So it got caught in her little net, and it was her doing it. It actually came through her mother. And they were American Indians. They had somehow figured out how to commandeer darkness. The Hawaiian kahunas, they're also very powerful like that. And so when I separated it from her, it said, thank you. I never want to come back. Yeah, it's okay. Hellfire and love and war. You know, she trapped me and used every skill that I had. But now that's the chances I take. But I'm really glad you got me out of there and I'm never going to come back. And then I, 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 for about 10 minutes, I asked it some questions in front of her. And then she asked it a question. I forgot the exact question. Something like, well, how do I become a better person or something like that? And he goes, you're looking at him. This guy, there ain't nobody like him. This guy's not even human. To be able to get me out of you, that is not a human quality. This guy did it, and I'm very grateful. So the thing you're asking me, you're looking at it right in front of you. You're very lucky. And then he took off. <laughs> I just crashed the plane, man. I was sitting there in a cast talking to her, having lunch like a week later. This happened like a week after the crash. That's when all these abilities just went, sprung out of me. But realize I have been experiencing all these things with Kiai because he has them all. And then I had to just get rid of a lot of garbage, human garbage, and then it popped out of me. And then I realized it's possible. That will happen to anyone that goes past the waiting room in the NDE, past the waiting room, past the door, to be on the veil and then they get all their stuff back and they come back here they're total cheaters they're not allowed to do that that's not allowed because they'll end up with all these skills <laughs> and giving it away and they'll they'll cancel the game out the game will end up like well oh we got to reboot the whole game it's interesting that you call it a waiting room because some of my guests actually describe being in a physical room with a door sometimes it's within yourself it's like a space within yourself that you're contained in. So it looks like a waiting room. Sometimes people end up in what they call the black void during their NDE. What is that? Uh, that 
the the base they'll get right to the point what it is showing them is that through a series of decisions a person makes like following the trail of darkness will take them into the black void of nothingness there is no bottom to it it's noted as the bottomless pit in hell talked about in the bible and you can lose your reference in there and not come out and then that's when you need someone to help you get out and that's why jesus did his thing because that's when you call him and say hey i, I kind of lost my way could you could you like turn the light bulb on turn the light on and then jesus will go click <laughs> and then you go look at it and focus on it and you get yourself out you truly are saving your own ass here and if you really screw it up then when you die the blood of jesus has satisfied the law here because they don't want the law to follow you it's not meant to follow you so it satisfies the law and it lets you go but if you don't let it go you'll just hang around you gotta let it go too that's why i call stepping out of it can you tell us more about the life of jesus yeah what do you want to know i mean is the story in the bible true it's true enough for what you need to know this is what he's telling me right now it's true enough for what you need to know if do you need to know more i'll tell you but it's true enough for what you need to know what robert just told you about my blood and the satisfying the law he's dead on, he oh gosh why are you telling him that he did it so he understands it so he can tell it. so he can oh he can speak for me all right sorry i channel things like crazy i'm sorry all right ask your question to jesus we're looking at his energy field. I'm not Jesus, by the way. I'm looking at his energy field, and it's it's telling, it's talking, it's telling. So you just ask a question, and it will tell you whatever question you have. I didn't really have a specific question. I just kind of was just really wanting to know, is there any more of the story of Jesus that you can share oh. with us that maybe yeah. is not told in the Bible? Yeah, yeah. This is some fun stuff. These are fun facts. They don't have any, they don't pertain to what I've already mentioned about his blood and satisfying the law, but these are fun facts. I was working with a guy on a black operation. I was a Navy SEAL and I was working with this guy to black operation and he was SAS and he got hired by the Mossad to take a guy from Missouri that was five foot five, a pedophile. And he was out, you know, on a bail thing to get his affairs in order to go back to jail for 20 years. And the Messiah didn't want him to be killed because he was a direct descendant of Jesus. Jesus had like four sons. And he was married. And so we got into the conversation of this in the year like 2000. And he told me all about the debriefing he had from the Mossad. It was, went like this. Yeah, he had four boys. He was married. Uh, he didn't die on the cross when he came out of the tomb after three days, which was true. He was like kind of like in a coma. <laughs> he was really messed up. But these guys came in and helped him out. And then he was walking out of town, getting out of Dodge when he got seen. And so he got his mother, Mary, and his wife and kids and, and uh, who, who, a couple other people, the disciple, and they took off. And they ended up, uh, his mother died somewhere along, like in Syria, and then he died in Turkey around 100 and some years old. And, and then that gets into the Billy Meyer stuff where Billy Meyer said he retrieved a manuscript from the son that was placed in the original tomb in like 1960 or whatever, 1958 translated it, whatever that I don't put a lot of weight into that. It doesn't take you anywhere. I've read it all, but it's just mumbo jumbo. 
Uh, as far as his life beforehand, he was in India. Uh, he went through, oh, this is really cool. Okay, what can I tell you about him that no one knows? He wasn't totally human. In other words, he, he, his physical body wasn't totally human. It had other elements in it that were not elements like ours. It was different, which allowed his frequency to go really high and do the things that he did for the purpose that he had to be here for. And he completed it by spilling. He didn't need to die. He needed to spill the blood. And that was it. He didn't need to die. This idea, concept of resurrection came along later. And then what they're trying to, to tell you is, is that when you, <laughs> you go through the blood of Jesus, you get made, you get born again into a new man and all that. It's really death. When you go through a death experience, you are coming out of it reborn, almost like a new person, but not really. You're just getting things, attachments off of you, and you're going back to your true self. He went back to his true self. Some people claim that they encounter Jesus during their NDE. Is that true? Yeah, he has jurisdiction here. He has a right and a jurisdiction here. And they, if they need to see him, they'll see him. Not everyone sees him, but those who need to see him, see him for whatever reason. I've, I've, I saw him. I've talked to him. Um, kind of like an open-door policy. When you, The more you get to your divine self, the more channels are open to you. And they're always open, and you can talk anytime to anyone you want and ask questions as you need. I used to ask a lot of questions. You know, I'm kind of satisfied with things now. I just let the game play out. My only question now is, like, why am I still here? And anyway. Are there, any, are there any other tips that you haven't given us already about how to have more divine love? All right, let me do this. Uh, let's try this just like an experiment. Hi, Robert. Bring forth the energy. I bring forth divine love. Let's just keep it simple. I bring forth divine love through my heart into this show that it resonates into the frequencies of the recordings and of the hearts and that it will resonate the minds of all who listen and hold this show to them that this seed will begin to manifest itself and sprout within their hearts to expand out. Huh. So many things just came to me. Expand out like roots of a tree, branches of a tree to blossom and bloom. touch all those and beyond so that this gift is passed on and on and on almost like a multi-level <laughs> so that it uh everyone who receives it can give it away it is now freely out in the airwaves in the ether and the atmosphere and within the sphere of the planet all the way to the core of the planet so that the planet itself has received it mother earth and I do this with Pulio. How many, how many, how many? Thank you. Are aliens really coming here in spaceships? Yeah, all the time. What I was they... told like a new one every month. 
What are they doing here? Experimenting with us, eating us, mating with us, creating babies with us. They're trying to get this divine love in them so that they can control the universe. They're kind of crazy about that stuff. They're control freaks. So they look, they, they kind of want us to be, it's kind of like our prison guards. They don't want to let us go. They tell us that we'll go out in the universe and destroy it. But I think in actuality, we would go out in the universe and nullify their game. So they have a lot of agendas. They're just, they are aware of all this stuff. They just don't have access to it. So they can know it. They're intelligent. They're intellectuals. They got the mind, but they don't have the heart. And they know it. So they can know about it, but they can't introduce it, induce it, or give it away, or receive it. Their creator, the brother of Yao, decided to have intellect with divine love and not divine love itself. And our father of all life, God, uh, chose to have the core of us as being divine love. So theirs is intellect and ours is core, divine love. Their core is intellect, our core is divine love. It creates, it's what creates the game. So that the game has is a seesaw effect. Sometimes we talk about on this show the ascension and the earth is changing and we're all changing. We're supposed to be, you know, raising into the fifth dimension. What is your comment on that? Yeah, it, it's the core. Of the, the core is where the frequency is starting to change. So the Schumann resonance is actually starting to go up. It's very slight, but it doesn't take a lot. And that is changing the frequency of the core of the earth, which resonates out into the humans because we're connected to the earth. And so the, the, you don't have to do anything. You just, you just kind of ride along with it. And then, um, like a lot of these end of years come back, they think they got to do something. I got to give this, I got to do that. They don't have to do anything. I'm just kind of like ahead of the curve a little bit, but everybody's going to get here. I'm just kind of telling you what the show is going to be for you in, in the near future. You're going to get here. It's going to happen because the Earth's resonance is changing, and then you'll naturally adapt with it. There will be people who are, you know, arrogant and obstinate, and they let their ego run wild, and and they'll resist it, and that kind of creates a clash in them. So they end up having like a train wreck <laughs> inside them, and they become non-functional. All right. After, just let, let it happen. After watching this podcast, if people want to reach out to you and ask you questions, are you open to that? Yeah, I have a website up called inspireme.global inspireme.global it's a very difficult read people have told me because what i'm doing is journaling the human aspects of the condition and what i did to checkmate them it's totally different than anything out there so if you really want to understand all these things you just have to be have your the, the criteria is person has to be sincere or divine love just won't come around it's just the criteria it's just what it is you can create sincerity People want to email me off of that, you know, I'll tell them how to do it. I have a lot of techniques that I had to pull out of, like, pull out of rabbits out of my hat. <laughs> but they're unlimited. I mean, there's always some technique to use. I started to learn how to bypass the techniques and go right to the core of it. So I don't waste time. Before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? In the end, we all go back to divine love from which we came. We own nothing. We are nothing. Everything is divine loves.
it's allowing us to have this experience with the idea that we're having it individually, but it's actually just having fun and it's a game. But we all end up back as one, as the same. And it's inside us and we can do it while we're still here. And I bless people that this avenue is open for them. How many, how many, how many? How many means amen in Hawaiian. How many? Robert, thank you for that message, and thank you for being my guest. Thank you, Jeff. Have a nice day. You too. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara Podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the Join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.